Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Tonight, we're going to start a Lenten series that's going to take us through Easter, just walking the steps of Jesus, um, his last days on earth and his his last few days on earth. And we're going to start tonight with um, the Garden of Gethsemane and what happened that evening. And of course, the, Jesus had just spent time with his closest friends in the whole wide world, his disciples. They had a meal together. They talked together. They Jesus presented them with what we now call communion, the blood, um, sharing his blood um, and the bread as his body. And they had that time together. And Jesus told them what was coming um, that night and that he would be betrayed. So it was, I'm sure, a night of mixed feelings for the disciples, trying to figure out what was going on and, and probably not sure, you know, that Jesus is going to die and that he's going to be taken away and betrayed by one of their own may not even have seemed fathomable to them. So they've had their meal and now they are, Jesus heads out with John, James, and Peter to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm sure that you've all seen pictures of the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus praying in the garden. And most of those pictures, to me, are very peaceful and calming. And you see almost a light um, over Jesus' head showing him to be divine. And as a little girl, I really didn't understand much more than Jesus prayed in the garden. And it wasn't until I grew up and I really learned to dig into scripture that I saw how horrific this was for him, how it was overwhelming to him. And he wasn't at all prepared um, to go to the cross as a human. And there is something comforting in that to me, that he, he struggled and it's comforting as a part of humanity to know that Jesus really and truly understood what we were going through. I'm going to read to you right now um, Luke 22, verses 39 through 46, when Jesus is in the garden. This is a short part of it. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. So he came here often to be alone. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. 
Now, Jesus came back and forth from his own prayers to his friends, his disciples, three times. He was overwhelmed. He was not ready for what faced him. He, he knows. He knows everything that's going to happen. And he is frightened. He is anxious. He is overwhelmed. The Gospel of Luke talks about Jesus and being in anguish or in agony. And actually, the Greek root of that word is angonia, I think. Um, that's how you say it. And that means struggle. Jesus was struggling. Jesus came to this earth so that he could have empathy with, with what we go through. To me, this time in the garden is what brings him closest to understanding what we face as part of our humanity. He did not want to go. He knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be tortured and humiliated and that he was going to die a death that was horrific. He knew and he asked God to take the cup from him. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And that's the difference, I think, with him. I can tell you, if I knew those things were going to happen to me, and I could figure a way out of it without God, I would take it in a heartbeat. It's part of my humanity. Jesus knew he did not want to go. And I want you to think about times in your life when you had to do something you really didn't want to do. Maybe it was a surgery. Maybe it was going to a doctor appointment. Maybe it was talking to someone or we all have different things. But I can think of times in my life when I knew I had to do something. I knew it was going to be uncomfortable or it was going to be humiliating or whatever. And I had to do it. And I remember, you know, that feeling of just a dread in your stomach. Jesus knows what's going to happen to him. I'm sure the dread in his stomach is more than I can even imagine. In Mark, we see the words. This is what it says in Mark. He tells the disciples to sit here while I pray. He acknowledged his sadness and asked them to keep watch as he said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And that's in Mark 14.34. He walked a bit further away from them, sank to his knees, and cried out to his father God. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. This was not a casual prayer. Jesus was distraught. Matthew's gospel tells us that he fell with his face to the ground as he prayed with all his might. We read earlier that blood came from his pores and dropped to the ground. Throughout the night, Jesus kept returning to his disciples and found them sleeping. And each time he chastised them for their weakness and inability to keep watch. Honestly, the Gospel of Luke again said, His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. 
And that's a real phenomenon. I, of course, have never seen it, but it is a phenomenon that can happen when you are in that much distress, but you have to be in a whole lot of distress. When he returned a third time to his friends, he had accepted what was going to happen to him. He was resolute where, where his disciples were, and he said, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is being delivered into the hand of sinners. Rise, let's go and meet my betrayer. That's from Mark 14. And the betrayer was Judas. And Jesus at this point has risen above all of that. He is resolute. He knows what's going to happen. He has had his prayer time and he's ready to go. This story, you know, you hear about it when you're younger. And of course, I, we all have. And I just, as I, I didn't truly understand all of what it was until I was older and read it and can't even to this day, no matter how many, how many things I read about it and all the research I do, I cannot fathom what Jesus felt knowing what he had to go through. He did it. But after much prayer, and he was honest with God. He didn't, he didn't pray, okay, let's do it, God. I'm ready. He was honest. I don't want to do this, God. I don't want to, but I will. Because if it is your will, it is my will. And I think that's one of the best prayers that we can pray is not your will, but mine. And mean it. And while it may not take us where we want to go, I think it'll take us somewhere better than we actually thought, even if it doesn't feel like that. Lent is a time when we just want to grow closer to God, when we want to understand all throughout the Bible, we are learning that God has a, a, a redemption plan for us, and it is about to be fulfilled when Jesus goes to the cross and is crucified. This is a time, a period before his death, where I think it is a great time for us to take time to grow closer to him. They say that there are three, three parts of Lent, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving is what I've seen, but really it's, it's giving. It's um, giving of yourself, giving of your uh, time, your treasure, your talent, or all three, what, whatever that looks like to you. And so I want to encourage you as we spend the next six weeks looking at passages in the Bible leading up to Jesus dying on the cross, that you are finding more time in prayer. You're having time to really dig into the Bible and, and understand who Jesus is, and more importantly, understand why we need him. Going through the Old Testament and seeing seeing ourselves in the Israelites, even though the culture was different, it's hard to relate to how they lived. I, I always go back to the Kings where it says, and this particular King did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I remember reading through Kings one time and saying, God, I, when are they going to get it? And he was very quick to remind me of all the times I might not be doing particular evil, but I wasn't doing his will either or even seeking it over and over. And while we might not feel like we have idols today, we do. They might not be golden calves or golden anything. It might be 
how we spend our time. It, it might be a ministry that becomes more important than God. It, there's a lot of things that it can be, but we do have idols today. Anything that is more important to God or takes our time away from God is an idol. So I encourage you over these next six weeks to find the time to spend with him and really seek his will for your life. And this week, as we're um, talking about Jesus praying in the garden, I would like to challenge you to spend time, at least 10 minutes every day, just being honest with God and hearing his voice and saying, this is what I want, God, but not my will, yours be done. So that's my Lenten challenge for you this week. And if you get a chance, read about uh, Jesus in the garden from all three perspectives. It is heart-wrenching and also comforting to know that Jesus gets us because he lived on this earth and he had to go through the things that we go through. And I think this particular spot, more than any in the Bible, really helps me understand he gets me. He felt anxiety. He felt fear. He did not want to go. He did because he's divine, but he didn't want to when he was honest with God about it. Spend this next week looking for 10 minutes every day that you can sit down and be honest with God, but also in hearing his honesty to you. And I hope that this blesses you this evening. Lent is such a great time to really just think over our relationship with Jesus and do things to grow it closer. You may choose to do some fasting. I have chosen one day a week that I will be fasting for this for this season, do what's right for you. And some people don't fast. They do something extra, like a random act of kindness every day. But whatever you choose to do, I hope and pray that it will bring you closer to Jesus and understanding why God needed a redemption plan and how Jesus fulfilled it and what that means to us. Thank you so much for tuning in to In the Whisper this evening. And until next week, I look forward to talking to you then.